the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. And a good evening, Malcolm Blight and David Wildey. Sports Day, I say all thanks to Lumo. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. Big show coming up. Port Adelaide assistant coach Luke Kelly will join us. Adelaide assistant James Riley. Both teams going beautifully. Brett Phillips talking Wimbledon. A true or false and a netball update as I welcome the great man. Malcolm Blight. Bloody, how are you? Hello, David. Yes, no, good, mate. Cool day, cool day, but not a bad day. It's cool, isn't it? I don't, yeah. I don't mind this. I, I don't mind the cooler weather, although price of electricity, I'll be going to see Luma, I think, and get a better deal. Actually, I'm glad they didn't put the rates up today because then we won't have to borrow money to pay for electricity anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, yeah. Oh, exactly. Hey, plenty to talk about. Well, obviously the footy, but the cricket, Michael Atherton came out. He still thinks England can win the Series 3-2. They could easily be 2-0 up, as you said last night, yeah. either way. Big ask. Not many not many teams have come from 2-0 down. But um, I, I've really enjoyed the first two Test matches. I love the way they play their cricket. Australia play far more orthodox cricket. Yep. You look at the batsman, Kawaja, Labashane, Smith, all technically correct. But um, I'd be staggered if they could get up. And win three two. Um, there's a thing called rain, and we haven't had a lot of it so far, mate. I wouldn't. That would. I wouldn't back. I wouldn't back bad money on it on a three two result from here we, for them. We've got an essay in Ashes Breakfast Thursday with um, some of the clients, and Dizzy Gillespie. Yeah, is coming down to speak with Chad Sayers. Now, I was thinking Dizzy Gillespie bowled with McGrath, Warren, and Brett Lee. Handy. Is that the greatest ever bowling attack? When you look, Warren took seven hundred. Yeah. McGrath right, five hundred. Lee three hundred and Dizzy two fifty nine. It would as a collective because they didn't they they, they won, bowl together. Yeah. sixteen on the trot was it? They're sixteen and Ricky Ponting as the superstar and Gilchrist as a keeper. keeper. Oh mate, probably you'd have to go back to Bradman's era and look at their numbers. And I know the bowlers weren't as dominant, batsmen were in those days. But you'd say as a team to win sixteen in a row. It's just I mean this, this doesn't is really re- happen no, anymore. No. He what? he, Dizzy um, basically came from C grade cricket with Adelaide Cricket Club to Test cricket. I think within four or five years it was remarkable. Yeah, he suddenly decided <laughs> he's different, Dizzy. Yeah, but he suddenly decided he could bowl quick, and he could. And you he ever did. try and bowl and quick? I did. Or you more mediums just wobbled around? No, a bit? no, no, no. I tried to bowl off quick. the long run. Yeah, I, as I got older, when I was in Melbourne, actually playing sub district, I got I got quicker because you got bigger, and stronger. So when you're 17, 18, 19, you know, you're still trying, you're skinny. You're skinny. Yeah. No doubt about it. When did you get told not to play cricket? That well, no, that story wasn't, wasn't yeah. Um, not was, that, was that Woodville? Yeah, it was. So you allowed it back in your day, you're playing for North Melbourne, one of the great sides, and you're playing cricket in the off-season. I was, but Ian Chappell was actually coach of North Melbourne Cricket Club in was those he? days. Yeah, and he came up and he said, do you want to play? And I said, no, look, I'm really here for footy. So I, I actually played sub-districts. And, and a lot of the West Indian players and Indian players, because you've got no money to play sub-district uh, cricket in yeah. Melbourne, but you got some money from the local people to play in the sub-district. We played so against, it's a really good comp. We played against um, Joel Garner and Gordon Greenwich. They were two yep. of the West Indies, West Indians that came across. And uh, wonderful cricketers. And oh. it's just so sad to see the demise of cricket yeah. in the West Indies. Yeah. Uh, basket the, case. Where have they gone? Well, the better players are playing T20. They're going for the money. You yeah, know, of course. Pollard and Gale, or the, yeah. they're all getting old now, but they've all gone to the, the shorter form and, you know, it's quick bucks, easy bucks. I don't know. Yeah, and talking about 
changing things. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. I think it's been fascinating to see that Ken Hinckley's name came up and a couple of media people have said, well, will they sign him prior to the August deadline that Koshy and the board have put on him? Yep. And that, I mean, it's been an interesting debate. I don't know what's brought up now. It's no one else's business but Ken Hinckley's and the clubs. But I guess in the media you've got to talk about something. I found the commentary really interesting. Uh, most people think that he'll probably go on and it'll be his call and the club will agree. But what, they don't need to do anything. Just wait, I agree. wait for the season. Very rarely, in a, once in a million years, does a coach get, coach get, get pinched. You know, or It just doesn't happen. So I just think, with the way it's going along, to get a headline now, this would be my personal opinion, let's just wait, let the season unfold, let the dust settle a bit. Uh, I'm sure Mr Hinckley will want to stay, and I'm sure the club will want to stay. What if they bomb out? Uh, they finish second, losing three games or fought first, and they don't make the grand final. Yeah, well, you know what? Chris Scott did that for 10 years in a row. And guess what? Because you keep knocking on the door, he still got it and finally got his grand final. Hardwick was going to go. Bomber Thompson was going to go. I mean, it, it's littered, littered with boards making knee-jerk reaction decisions. I know you've got to listen to the fans to some degree, but they don't know all the facts. You don't reckon Gold Coast, Richmond... Maybe even Carlton would look at him. I told you. If he wanted to go. I can tell you 100% now, he was wanted by another club at the end of last season. And didn't go. And he didn't go. He wanted to stay true to the players and the, and the club called Port Adelaide. Mm. So that's pretty good. And I can tell you now, I know for a fact, doesn't matter which club it was, because he said categorically, no, I'm going to stay at Port Adelaide. You know him pretty well. They reckon he's a outside of training and coaching on match day, he's almost a recluse. Just, just stays home. No, he's, he's, Is that uh, right? No, well, he's he, he's committed to his family, yeah. and I don't think that's a real bad principle. No, it's not. I, I know, but other people no. you do see out and about. But apparently, no, no, he does his work. No, then goes home. No, he's he's, he's been very. Uh, Donna and him have been together for a lot of years yeah. with their kids and that. Well, it's good, like you say. Oh, yeah, it's not a bad thing. No, I think it's a great thing. But um, okay, talking about coaches, then I know we talked a bit about the cricket now, Ken Hinkley. What about Damien Hardwick three minutes after he's finished coaching? Now, I did it a couple of times, mate, but it took me two years or an extra year or two, whatever, 18 months. I can't long. believe it. So, he's saying, I'm bored, yeah. I'm ready to go. Does he automatically get a team, though? Like, um, oh, yeah, I reckon he would. So, you'd, so Stuart Jew, if he's available, that you're saying he takes Stuart Jew's place, even well, though Stuart's got another year. Yeah, I... I yeah. I guess that's the decision now the Gold Coast Football Club are going to have to make. Now, if, if something doesn't resurrect itself quickly with the Gold Coast, Stewie's had six years. Now, I think we all like him. I think of the way he's good he's operated. But at some stage or other, I don't care who you are, Lee Matthews got the flick. Performance. We need performance, And, and, the, and the longest-serving coach, Moldhouse, got the flick. I mean, hey... Alastair Clarkson, the best of in the last 10 years, got the flick. Wouldn't they be a great side to take over, though, the Gold Coast Suns now, given all their talent yeah. and picks? Yeah, well, I mean, you don't see everything. Uh, sometimes when you go there, they're, they're where they are for a reason. And it's usually, I'll tell you now, it's usually not the coaching. But usually not the coaching, David. It's usually what's inside the walls. It's a great point, though. Hardwick basically is two weeks out of the game, or three weeks. Yeah, I know. And declares his hand, yeah, I want to coach, I want to do this. Um, he walked away from Richmond because he was cooked. Yep. So, so that's what he said. Yeah, but but you cooked at Richmond. I mean, what else could he do? 
The team's on the Dwayne. On the Wayne. On the Dwayne. On the Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah, they're on the Wayne. We know that. I mean, Dusty's not as good. Koch is not as good. Presti's not as good. Lynch is injured. We know that they're going to have a bit of a tumble. How far they go is the trick and how quickly they can resurrect it. But it's usually, it usually comes with a big fall after such a great period. If you want your say, one three hundred seven three six seven three six Sports Day SA. Hot topic thanks to Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. End of financial year dealers have been extended to the 31st of July. Still get that $3,000 free accessories on Polaris Rangers. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. I do feel for Stuart Jubix. Every, every time a coach comes back on the market, they look at that plum job, but... He hasn't put it to bed, bloody, and no. and it looks like they're going down the same track again. Their losses have been big losses. They had two good wins, I think. They they certainly beat the Crows and might have been the Bulldogs they beat yeah. as well. But some bad losses after that. Yeah, and that happens. I mean, you get a few players out, you'd miss out. It just goes wrong. And I can say, honestly, say, I, at the Hall of just talking about that song, the Hall of Fame, uh, the other night in Melbourne on Tuesday, I actually uh, went up and said, saw Bob East. Bob East is the new chairman of the Gold Coast Suns, replacing Tony Cochran. And he was on the board when I was there all those years ago. So Bob has been around the scene. He's a great Gold Coast man, great businessman, has a wonderful family. Uh, Patsy, my wife, and his wife, Sue, used to go to a book club together. So it was good we caught up with them at uh, at the Hall of Fame. The only question I didn't ask him, because I didn't think it was fair, and no need to, how are you going with your selection of your coach? Well, yeah. Is your new one? I mean, it's yeah. one of those things you think, oh, hang on. Well, no, I, I, you know, it's, it's probably none of our business, excepting, I will say, after six years, not one final, you've got to start thinking. I'd like to see Hardwick go to the West Coast and start from scratch, just like um, Clarkson has gone to North Melbourne, started from scratch. That If you can get another club up, you had Geelong and Adelaide. You did mm. grand finals. A lot harder, I reckon, to start from the... Because I think West Coast are four or five years away. Um, their better players have finished. And there's not a lot of young talent there. So it's going to take time. You reckon 18, you need the... How many draft picks under 30? 18. 18. It's going to take a while to get those. And I'll tell you what else is... What I did notice, and this is probably the history of me and a lot of others. Winning one and two games, you're a million miles. The coach doesn't change anything. You, it's a build-up. But when you're 7, 8, 9, 10, 7, 8, 9, I reckon you've got a chance with that because that means there is some talent there. Maybe you can just tweak it a bit. But winning one and two game, you can't uh, tweak for a long time. Takes a long while. Yeah, yeah Incredible. We we saw the possibility of um, Nord and North missing the finals here and also Geelong-Sydney. I think one of those four will make the either the five here or the, yeah, or the eight over there. But that would... I mean, that would be astronomical blight if they all missed two, two grand finalists of, of each state. Now, if I remember this week, what, what we've got left in, in our show, I'm going to ask some people at football with Geelong and Sydney drawing the other night, the debate on should we have a draw or should we play extra time? What do you think? I, What's I, the I, end blight? I, I, I love the idea of history. And history said that the draws have been counted from the day one. Yeah, two points each. each. And at the end of... I mean, sometimes... Now we've gone to the grand final not to be there. Now, we've all played in draws, not very many, but I've certainly played in a couple. But it, it is a hollow feeling. It is a bloody hollow feeling, but it's better than losing. You know, I mean, it's better than losing. I would say somewhere, and I've, I think this is the only way you can do it, 
might even ask someone tonight with talking to the uh, Crows and Port Adelaide people, that I, I just may say to them, I reckon if you've got 20, 30, 40 really good people, at, including presidents of clubs, and one of those all-encompassing meetings, how's our game going? Where's it going? Where's the filter of that? I know we've got an executive that do it, but put a lot of good heads in the room, give everyone a chance to have a say on it, and that is one thing that we could change. There is no doubt the golden point in NRL is exciting when you go through it. Way I'd look at that, I reckon minor round, take the draw, take your two points, finals, extra time. And uh, we saw the West Coast, was it West Coast Collingwood yep. drew years ago? And yeah. it puts everything back a week if you play it again. Yeah, yeah, it does. And, um, and Collingwood St Kilda, the second grand final was the biggest anticlimax ever. And they should have played that. They're out on their feet playing five minutes each way. We're doing perfect, I reckon. And St Kilda, probably, they were running on, on top of the ground at the end of the game. They probably would have won. Yeah, but I played in a draw in a grand final. I, it was a great result, the second one. Yeah, for you. <laughs> but I reckon it loses no, I all its momentum. That's all I, I'm saying. I, I think grand final day, because, because the whole system is geared for that crescendo, isn't it? And people come from all over the country and probably the world for that matter. And you want to see a result. You want to see happiness. Oh, it's flat the second one. It wasn't even sold. Was it sold out the second one? No, not quite. But no. It didn't matter. No, Collingwood didn't worry. Collingwood a bit like you. Okay, coming up, thanks to mate. Try mate for $1 double data mobile plans. Port Adelaide's Luke Kelly, Adelaide's James Riley, Brett Phillips Wimbledon, and Tuesday, true or false. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Sports Day SA, Malcolm Blight and David Wildy. Flank, uh, thanks to Flight Centre, your real deal centre. Go the Thunderbirds. Blighty, they've got a massive game this weekend. It's in <sighs> Melbourne. Yeah, it is actually. Then And they're taking on the Sydney Swifts in the Super Netball Grand Final this Saturday at John Kane Arena, as you mentioned, in Melbourne. Now, New South Wales got there by defeating the West Coast Fever, 65-64, to 64, Dave. Yeah, close how, how, Some of the games have been so, so thrilling. Uh, they behind most of the Mac. Now, looking for a repeat of the semi-final win against the Swift two weeks ago, where they beat them by two goals to advance to the big dance, as we call it. Yeah, as I said, it's a terrific performance. Thunderbird's been down for a long while, but if they can win the grand final, that's going to be outstanding, even though it is in Melbourne. That's a netball update. Thanks to Flight Centre, your real deal centre, playing centre for over 40 years. This will have a bit of fun before we go to the, the respective coaches of Port Adelaide and also the Adelaide Crows. True or false for Kia, the seven-seater Kia Sorrento. Kia, official part of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Sports Day SA. Far away and blind. There we are, and here we are, David, with a true or false. My first one tonight. Taylor, in brackets, Tex Walker, is on 46 goals and leading the Coleman. David, the question for you, Tex Walker will win the Coleman medal in 2023. Yeah, I think he will. Oh, I just feel that Adelaide are going a bit better than Carlton. His closest uh, rival is is Kerno, uh, Charlie, big Charlie. But uh, And Tex plays West Coast again yep. last round, and he kicks goals. He, in fact, he's kicking goals every week, so... That is a definite true for me. What if they rest him like they did against? Don't the think Bulldog? they will. Don't think they will. Don't think uh, Tex okay. won't want to get a okay. 
This is probably a bit unfair question, but they're both wonderful players. Isaac Rankin will finish up having a bigger career than Josh Rochelle. Oh, that is good. It's, it's tough. That is really good. I'm, I'm going to say this is this is my. It's only an opinion, and, yeah, yeah, and they're both it. wonderful yeah. players. I I think if you're looking for the guy that can play a lot of spots and set the team up, I think Rochelle's the one. But if you're looking for a finisher which on grand final day can kick three or four goals in a grand final. Like D. Jarman. Yeah, all of that sort of stuff. Then I think the answer's Rankin. So I, I love them both, but I just think the goal kicker, the goal kicker should be measured just a fraction higher. Yeah, tough question. That probably so, should have a... so there you go. Is that a, that's a, that's a fair yeah, answer? Yeah, both wonderful players, yeah. aren't they? My number two in the true or false today, Port Adelaide humming along will finish minor premiers? I think they will. Oh. I think they will. Um, I think Collingwood might drop a game somewhere. Mind you, Collingwood are playing well too, but Port could probably drop one more. Um, and they play each other, don't they, again? Mm, mm. That's here in Adelaide. So that could mm. be the decider. Having said that, I'd give Crows a real chance of beating Port. That's the other one which could Do be... Yeah, I, I'm, not that, I'm not that fond of that. No? No, no. Well, no, no wait to... Well, no, we have to wait for a bit. We're at Geelong, Port played Geelong in Geelong. Uh, yeah, well, I'd, I'd still, at the moment, you'd pick Port Adelaide. Yeah, I agree. True or false? Novak Djokovic is the greatest tennis player of all time. I, you know what, David? I think that's true. No, in fact, I know it's true. Yeah, I think it's fair. Every stat known to man, if you're talking on the way he's beat both Federer and Nadal. He's beaten the best. He's beaten the best. He has a better record than anybody. He's he's not as um, what do you call, I don't know, savvy as some of the like. Everyone loves Federer, Nadal, the gritty Nadal. They loved him, but Novak, and sometimes he's a bit misunderstood. He's got the best backhand I've ever seen. He doesn't yeah. make a mistake on it. So to me, he is well. We can ask uh, Brett Phillips, of course, Wimbledon He'll probably win that too. Yeah, probably will. And you know what? I I, I love his humour. You know when he get, when you <laughs> he's just got that, and because he's got that. I guess the clipped English is the best way to say it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a little bit... Yeah, but I think he's quite funny with some of the things he says. I think he's a good sportsman too. I really do. One more from you. Okay. You've got to listen carefully to this. All right. There's eight games to go. Three more best on grounds will win the Brownlow for Zach Butters. No. No. Oh, I'm putting this down in my book, David. No, it'd be so... I think Nick Dacos is going to win the medal. I yeah. just I just think all the talk... But they started talking butters after about round six or seven. And so he's been in the, he's been oh, on the lips. Unbelievable player. And you know what? Even last week's game, he wasn't best on ground. I've just got... Oh, just on... Oh, I don't know. He could still get a vote last week. I know he probably wasn't in the best three, but because he looks good. Okay, well done. I enjoyed that too. We've got a couple of coaches coming up shortly too. Luke Kelly and James Raleigh will join us. This is Sports Day SA, Malcolm Blight and David Wildey. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. Sports Day SA, time now to speak with Brett Phillips. So we're talking Wimbledon, now streaming on Stan Sport. Watch every match ad-free. Centre Court in 4K and Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, AATC, 
Tennis.tennisbp. Welcome to the show, and no Nick Kyrgios, but uh, Jordan Thompson gets up at an epic. Yeah, well done to Jordan Thompson uh, overnight. He's the ultimate street fighter. He was almost unrecognisable last night, Tomo. Uh, maybe for the occasion. It looks like he's been auditioning for Survivor for the last six years, Dave. Um, <laughs> but he came out with a clean shave. I haven't seen Tomo with a clean shave on the short back and sides. It, it was a very clean cut, Jordan Thompson. He was on the ropes, though. Uh, two sets to love down. Had to really find something. Uh, he's opponent of Brandon Nakashima. I think yeah, he had a 3-1 head-to-head in their battles on the tour coming in. He's a good grass court player, Thompson, and he's been in good form uh, in the grass court season. And, uh, yeah, look, his smarts really came to the fore. He's always had a, a really high IQ. He's a really good athlete uh, who uh, works uh, hard. He's sort of from that, you know, Hewitt, uh, demon or sort of cloth of never giving up, loves yep. playing Davis Cup for Australia. And he found a way to break down Brandon Nakashima. And uh, now the, uh, I don't know if it's the dream date, uh, but it's a big occasion to say in your career you played on centre court against uh, one of, if not the greatest of all time, in Novak Djokovic next. Yeah, well, David and I were just talking about that. I think we've given Novak the tick over the other two boys, uh, the great ones, Federer and Nadal. Hey, just a quick one. We, another sport's getting a fair bit of headline in the UK at the moment. I'm sure you're aware of that. What's the weather like? We're talking about that with the cricket. How does what is the forecast for the tennis at Wimbledon, mate? Yeah, bloody. Uh, look, thank God they've got a roof, uh, which they never used to have. All those washouts we saw at Wimbledon, but uh, obviously the two main courts have got a roof these days, so you can get some continuous play. But yeah, it looks like it's going to be a little mixed bag of everything over the first uh, few days. It was interesting yesterday with Novak Djokovic. Uh, now, they took a while to get back resuming his match on centre court. They took a while to close the roof. It's a slow-moving roof, and a bit of precipitation had made the uh, the grass pretty spongy, and even Djokovic was out there with his own towel, so he wanted to pat everything down <laughs> to make sure that it was uh, beautiful. You can obviously slip quite a bit in the early rounds before the, uh, the surface starts to scuff up a bit, and you get a firmer grip. Um, as a player, uh, we saw Venus Williams go down last night in excruciating mm. pain. We thought she was going to be carried off and she soldiered on. But uh, yeah, it'll be a little mixed bag of uh, weather as it normally is um, in Britain at this time of year. How's, how's our man Jason Kubler after his big year last year? Can he win a couple of games, you think, Brett? Well, uh, look, he comes back with yeah really good memories. Uh, such a, uh, a fabulous tournament last year. Unfortunately, the points didn't count. But, you know, Jason, uh, look, you know, he's a top 50 player uh, for mine. But, you know, you've still got to get out there and you know, get the job done. And, and I, I tried to look too far ahead. I mean, he's got Hugo Humbert, uh, the Frenchman. They actually played in Hertogenbosch in the Netherlands, uh, leading him to Wimbledon, uh, where Jason went down. And, and Humbert has been as high as 25. He's one of those flashy Frenchmen, lefty, who can really get to work. When he's on, uh, it's pretty breathtaking. But, you know, Jason's a great absorber. He can absorb and redirect her really well. So, yeah, that's winnable. You know, Chris O'Connell, he's got a Serbian qualifier tonight. Very winnable. Alexi Poprin's got a young Dominic Stricker, really good talent out of Switzerland. But, you know, hopefully Poprin's in uh, some good form. He's been a bit scratchy, but that's uh, very winnable on paper as well. Hey, Brett, just a quick one before we go. Sitsi Pass, my boy, is on tonight. Is that right? He is, uh, Blight. He's got Dominic team. What a first-round yeah, matchup. Yeah. Uh, knowing where team's been... I'm a little uh, worried. I don't know. My, I'm, I'm not a big, you know, on social media all the time, uh, Blighty, but my social media is infiltrated with the newest tennis romance of uh, Stefano Sitsipas and Paola <laughs> Bedosa, a top-line uh, female player. 
I, I don't know who's marketing that. It, it is everywhere. <laughs> but since they've come together, he has not fired a shot since he passed. He's been in terrible <laughs> grass court form. So his dad's pretty fiery apostolos. I reckon that might be, there's a stern conversation going on there just to maybe put the love interest aside yeah. and actually focus on uh, winning a match at the moment. Thanks, Brett. Fantastic. Uh, we have Brett on uh, the next few days too. Wimbledon now streaming on Stan Sport. Watch every match ad free. Centre court in 4K. It is 6.34. Well, from Wimbledon, we go to Port Adelaide assistant Luke Kelly. It's important to buy Australian right now. Look for the logo. Be sure it's Aussie. Sports Day SA. It's my Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Well, what a great place to be at Alberton, I reckon. When you win 12 on the trot, bloody, you're going pretty well. Not a lot of headaches there. They've got players who want to get back on the side, and we're joined now by the assistant, uh, Luke Kelly. Luke, thanks for your time, and uh, it'd be a nice place to be, I'd imagine, Alberton right now. Yeah, no, very nice to be at the moment. Uh, it's a nice vibe. The fans are up and about, and no, it's, it's great to go and work every day at the moment. Yeah, and um, it, uh, we watched the game closely. Um, Port started so well, perhaps could have put the game to bed at quarter time, but wasn't your best performance, was it? Yet you still found a way to get up, and obviously the, the climax was Dan Houston's uh, shot for goal, but uh, that went right down to the wire. Yeah, no, we were really happy with our start. Um, obviously, missed some opportunities early to maybe extend the lead, but I think we've, had, we've been sort of challenged like that in our previous couple of months as well, and you know, they're, they're a quality side that can, can put a score on you pretty quickly, and, and we knew they were always going to be a test, and uh, you know, we, we sort of gave ourselves a little bit of breathing space, and they came again, and um, thankfully landed in the right bloke's hands. Unbelievable consistency, Luke, um, when you win that amount of games on the trot. Most teams have a downer, and you have a bad game, or few bad quarters, but you found a way. Like you said, you won a few close ones, but the consistency in the last three months, amazing. Yeah, and as you said, look, yeah, yes, we've got the results. We've had some we've had some poor patches, and we haven't quite been at our best for the whole four quarters, but, you know, what we have been able to do, and, and great credit to the, the players and their resilience, is that they've stuck to it. Um, I think early, you know, when you win a few games close earlier in the year, you, you, the, the trust and the belief to be able to stick to what we're trying to do, and and that was evident on the on the weekend. Is we just stuck to our task and grinded away. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, but in the end, um, we got ourselves the result. Luke, with your history as analysing the game of footy and being involved in development, etc., I'm always fascinated. Do you coach more on stats, which a lot of commentators seem to use now, and everything, or do you still coach a bit on technique? In other words, trying to get a player to stand the right side, to do the right thing with his skill just to play in the team stuff. Is it still 50-50 or is it a bit more one way or the other? My years of being in the numbers, I think when you first start out, you think numbers are going to change the game and revolutionise. But I always, I always go back to uh, listening to Kevin Bale and he always said, stats are you know, what they sh- uh, a lamppost for a drunk person. They should uh, support but never enlighten. You know, <laughs> they should just be there to help to you know guide you and, and keep you in the right area. But... It's not a bell and end all. It, it, it helps put points in the right direction, but in the end, you know, we coach the player, coach the person. Uh, that, that's how you're going to get the best out of them in the end. Good on you. I You've had a, a good grounding, Luke, including spending time in America, some of the colleges, and the and looking at NFL teams and that. What, what do you learn there? What do you take out from from different sports? Yeah, I think especially the US. You know, you can you can get over there and get a bit wowed by it all because obviously the money is just is just so yeah. astronomical. Um, I think the way they 
they structure their coaching teams. Obviously, they have a lot of they have a lot of coaches. But and I think you know, hopefully, as this game continues to grow and and, and obviously we get more teams, just how you sort of structure up your your coaching department or some processes that might just be a little bit more efficient. Um, where to put your money as well? You know, what, what has the biggest bang bang for buck yep. essentially in terms of impact? So. You always try and take a few other other things away. What it also does more more often than not is it actually reinforces how um, how good we are at a lot of the things that we do, in, especially in terms of player development. I think you know, the time and effort we put into the welfare side and the person um, yeah, is definitely world class. I think. Look, I couldn't agree more. I went years ago and I, I found the same thing. I thought the Australian football scene was was nearly world practice. I agree. There's always a couple of things, but yeah, we do a lot of things good. Hey, just talking about things good. I mean, can you believe uh, where the Port Adelaide Football Club is now? All the talk, what was going to happen this year? It was a mystery year. Started off poorly last year, and then all of a sudden, these kids grow in the middle. I mean, lots of other things have happened, but you'd be very much part of this with Butter, Rosie, Drew. I mean, they're little gifts from heaven, aren't they? Then you have to, Francis. yeah, oh, and Hall Francis as well, of course, yeah. So, but they're little gifts, aren't they? Now you've got to make them malleable to actually fit into what you'd all like to do. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing you, you do find in football is you'd love you'd love everyone to just put a sort of eight 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 month lens on a lot of things. We you know, we get very week to week, and no doubt those boys, are, you know, they're into their fourth years now in terms of Rosie and Butters, and so they've, they've had to work their way in and you know you want them to be instant successes you know, whether it's Juddy or everyone wants them to be good today but this has been a few years of just chipping away and hard work and you know three pre-seasons now under the belt so they can run these games out which you're seeing um, consistently on a basis so you know look they're, they're obviously high talent but what we're starting to see is just those yeah. those periods of years of work that are now starting to give themselves their, their best chance to show it for longer. Transition's been amazing. I can recall a couple of years ago people saying, what's going to happen when Boke's gone and Dixon and, and Wine's getting older to Tom Jonas? But it's almost been seamless. It's bloody so those youngsters have taken their spot and, and you can throw in Dylan Williams and uh, and, and Amon and all the... Uh, not Amon, um, uh, Farrell and all the guys that are making every post to winner. So... It can change quickly. That all those guys that said the older guys are still playing their part, but then they aren't the main men anymore. Yeah, and, and that's a credit to our list manager and recruiting team to be able to. Again, they live in the they live in the long term, and they they're able to see maybe how this is going to play out, and being able to a bring the players in, um, but then also in terms of the coaches and being able to develop you know, in terms of the Kane Farrell to be able to spend his time and then now go down back and and obviously work with Nathan Bassett and. You know, it's been a really nice mix to be able to transition in. But again, the mature players and the older players are just as important. You can't, you can't just shift quickly to quickly the young. We've seen that not quite work in other areas. Um, so they still have your wines and, and your boke and, and your mature players, Dixon in the front half. It's, it's super important to have that balance. Now, Josh Carr, uh, obviously a, a premiership player at the club, come back to the club. I mean, you obviously work pretty close with him in your role and obviously everyone else does too. Have, have you found him? I mean, did you know him before he came back or is this something you just developed over the time with him? Yeah, no, I hadn't ever uh, met Curry before he, before he landed at Albany. Um, no, I think what you get with Curry is, he, you know, he's obviously a very hard player and he, he knows you know, that want to win and that competitiveness uh, he's got that in him, but he's also got the ability to understand the, the group and the, and, the, and the players themselves and know what they need, whether they need a lot or a little. And 
Um, he's been outstanding, sort of bringing that midfield group together as a, as a as a group. You know, that's 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 the key here. It's not one or two individuals. You you roll six, seven through there, and they will need to be on the same page with strengths and weaknesses, and um, we're sort of getting a nice balance at the moment between them all. Look, Kelly, I guess Dante Vizantini, a strange way to make a debut. He didn't even know, wasn't even taped up. And just take us through that scenario. Scotty Lysett didn't pass a fitness test literally on the you know, on the starting siren and the, the big fella comes in for his first game. Yeah, we, we had sort of through the week, um, Scott was able to train Tuesday and he got through fully on Thursday. You know, we tested him early on Thursday and he ended up doing the whole session. So we were confident that obviously... When you go on the road, you never you never take chances. You never want to be caught short. And uh, so we took um, Dante as his his uh, sample form had been really good. And you know Scott got through the first warm up into the second warm up and just sort of felt it when we were doing our stoppages. So in in, in a quick test uh, that we were able to do and it wasn't quite there. So uh, on the grandstands in flew big Dante. You know, sometimes the less time you have to think about it, the better, I reckon. <laughs> sometimes on your debut, you just get out there and play. A bit like under nines, you just turn up and roll yeah. out and play. And um, No, he was fantastic for us. He's, he's a competitive beast. Um, he's, he's a smart young man, but he, he competes as hard as anyone. And If there was anyone that was going to succeed in that in that position, Dante uh, was best suited, I think. Well, you're a good team to watch. Uh, Gold Coast this week. Good luck, Luke. Um, keep the winning run going. And, uh, yeah, all's well at Port Adelaide. And thanks for your time. No worries, boys. Thanks for having me. Luke Kelly there, Port Adelaide assistant. They're going extremely well. Sports Day SA. You're unbelievable. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN SA. Yeah, from Luke Kelly in Port Adelaide. Time now to speak with the Crows assistant, James Riley, for tyre power. Winter safety sale on now. 25% off equivalent with four for three on selected Falcon tyres. Tyre power, get your free five-minute safety check. James, thanks for your time. And, uh, yeah, another nice win last week. And, and good to see another rising star to a young Luke Peddler. It's great news for, for Pads. He's put a pretty good body of work in this uh, this year. And even though last week wasn't his probably his best game, he's, he's been... Uh, playing some pretty consistent footy over the year and being very important to us. What year, what year are you in now with the Crows, James? Your third? Uh, this is my third. Yeah. So I've been, yeah. Yeah, been in Adelaide for two and a bit years. Yeah. I was just talking to Malcolm, and it's funny how two years ago the recruiting was no good, these players are no good, and just about every one of them from Jones and McHenry uh, got Phil Thorpe, you even got guys like Hinge playing good footy. All the players that were supposedly... No good. Suddenly playing some super footy, so it just shows you need a bit of time and and perhaps you sort of grow together for that you know forty fifty games and things can change quickly. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's probably the, the main main one is this we've been able to improve together. Everyone develops differently. Um, you see Joshua Shelley come in and, and probably play at AFL standard pretty quickly, but others take a bit longer. And um, as you, as you said, they're starting to string a few games together. A lot of them are playing thirty, forty, fifty games. So. That continuity definitely helps. James, I really, uh, there's 10 to go, 10 games to go. I mean, we know you're in the, at the fight. I, I love that what Matthew Nick said, hey, we're in the fight. And that's all you want to be, isn't it, in a footy season, as you well know, uh, with your record. But I, I just had a look again. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a real percentage nut. Last year, <laughs> you finished with 87%. You're sitting on 120 now. Uh, that's the significant thing to me. Weekly uh, highest uh, in forward yeah, attack. Yeah. And, and so... After 16 rounds, a really, really good guide. You've played away, you've played the goodies, you've played everywhere. I know the wins away haven't been great, but it is a really good sign, isn't it? There's a lot of hard work being done. 
and a lot of talent coming into the team. Yeah, we, we think we're playing a pr- pretty good style of footy and we think we're all on the same same page. We'll probably let ourselves down in one or two games. The Bulldog, Bulldogs game comes to mind, but apart from that, we feel like we've been in the fight most games. So it shows that the way we're playing sort of stands up and, and yes, we're playing pretty good footy at Adelaide Oval, but we've still played some good footy away. Um, we just probably haven't got those wins that we'd like. But yeah, the boys are pretty confident in the way we're playing and, and the way everyone's going. Good diversity in the forward line too, isn't it? I mean, Walker's obviously uh, one of the linchpins, but you've got you got the big guys, Fogarty and Philthorpe. You've got Rankin, uh, Rochelle, Murphy. McAdam can't get a game at the moment. So there's plenty of other players. Uh, Peddler, another one, likes to kick a goal. So a lot of diversity. No doubt. Obviously, Texas has been fantastic again this year. And uh, Riley and Fogg are really playing their role as well and competing in the air and, and really starting to hit the scoreboard as well, which, which is pleasing. And, you know, you've got Rankin and, and obviously Rash running around and, and causing havoc, but those role players are pretty important as well in, in Murphy and Pedler's playing a role for us this year and, and then Ned McHenry comes in and just, yeah, yeah, works his backside off for the team. So there's a good balance there at the moment. What was your thoughts before Rankin came to Adelaide, and we, we see him a couple of times a year, and you see him on the TV on the weekend, and obviously just a youngster making his way, but he has really surprised me or surpassed anything I thought he could do first. He's, I think he's up around 30 goals. Yep. And he's not a selfish player. He's given out a lot of goals too, James. So it's been a remarkable year, first year with Adelaide. Yeah, it's a real real um, balance with him. He's obviously got immense talent. Um, we, we threw him around the footy. Uh, a bit early, um, but geez, he's, he's played a really important role for us forward. He's he's been deep, and now he's actually playing a lot higher and finding a fair bit more of the ball. He's sort of been averaging around 20 possessions. We feel like uh, with the ball in his hands, we're a, we're a better side. So he's sort of adding that element to his game, and and obviously five goals on the weekend. He doesn't need too much opportunity or too much time and space to to put him away. Now, Essendon this week, you've got some issues again with the tools at the back, mate. Jordan Butts with his concussion. Have you had that discussion yet? I suppose there's two or three players in the frame and it will be later in the week. But is there a couple that you're looking at at the moment that may replace him? Yeah, we've got a couple in the sample that are playing pretty well. And Mark Keane and James Borlase that have been playing really good footy back there. Um, we've also played a fair bit. Of, we've actually had this a little bit with Murray going down a few times. Uh, Tom Duday, so we've we've played a bit small at times. We've been we've actually been okay. We've been pretty strong, so um, that's probably the discussion we've got we've got to have because um, you know Josh Worrell's back there. He, he's playing playing quite well. Max McLean is taller than he looks, even though he's been really good on the smalls. And and then you think of Smith, Hinge, and Miller. They're actually not small defenders. They're those sort of one eighty to one ninety type yeah. defenders. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's probably a discussion we've got to have and the decision we'll make. James Riley, our guest. Does anyone ever stand on Jordan Dawson? Watched him <laughs> carefully. He's, he's had a wonderful year too and he just finds the ball. He just seems to drift. He might go back, he might go forward, might go in the centre, on the wing. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure whether he picks up anyone or I'm pretty sure no one picks him up. It's a, another incredible story. We didn't know a lot about him at Sydney except he was a, had a good finish in the best and fairest in his last year. But he too has just been... He'd probably be all Australian the way he's going. He'd be in the top forty. Yep. Yeah. Look, I, I think so. Look, he's uh, there's not many players like him that can just. I think he, his best footy is actually moving around. Look, he's been amazing for us in the midfield. But if he can, you know, uh, help our defence at times, jump onto the wing, and he actually goes deep forward when he 
when he needs a rest as well. So I, I think he's I probably coach someone a little bit similar in Mitch Duncan at Geelong, mm. where he's he's better when he moves around the ground and doesn't just play one position. And I think um, even though he's probably ninety percent midfielder, he, yeah, he seems to be a pretty special player because he's he's just so smart and obviously moving around the ground he helps helps lead our team. So no, he's been amazing. Talking about Mitch Duncan and the Geelong Football Club, had a draw on the weekend with some pretty average kicking from the other mob. But how, how do you go? I mean, there's a bit of talk about the draw. How do you go? Just as, I mean, you've been around the scene a long time. Do you think we should have extra time or are you just okay with the draw? Oh, that's a good question, Malcolm. Um, it's a tough one. It's obviously a very hollow uh, feeling after it. Like you just. You probably do want to, you feel like you want a result, um, to be honest. Um, would I change it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think the conversation should be had, that's for sure. I think St Kilda would like to play extra time than they <laughs> drew the game. Yeah, I, I, actually, I, I played in a game that was a grand final draw too. Interesting, so, wasn't yeah. it? But sometimes the two points can overcome percentage. So yes, yeah. yes, it has in the history of the game. Not very often though, but that's yeah. true. But there has been a couple of draws. Anyhow, I just, it, is, it is an interesting one, isn't it? It's a debate that probably... Good football people should. And I reckon if you've got 20 or 30 really good football heads in a room, I reckon they decide yes or no. Yeah. I definitely felt for St Kilda when they had so many injuries in that game and probably just couldn't even put up the team to beat Collingwood in that grand final. You sort of, yeah, you definitely felt for them in that, in that situation. Give us your take on Ben Keyes. I, I think he's such an integral part of the Crows. Just with his energy, he, he too covers so much ground. And sure, he might have the odd mistake skill-wise, but... He gets the ball, he's kicking goals, he's he's giving out goals and goes from back to forward. Very important player for you, James. Yeah, look, I actually had Keezy in the, in the forward line all pre-season and I think, especially from a kicking point of view, I actually reckon he's improved his skills a lot. He's actually hitting targets and I think just from playing in the forward line all pre-season and understanding the patterns and the predictability of what we want ahead of the ball, I think it's really helped him. So I reckon his kicking efficiency without uh, looking looking at it at the moment, I reckon it would be a lot, yeah, especially in the last couple of years, it, yeah, improved a lot. So, um, yeah, look, I don't know if I've seen anyone work harder than, than Ben Keyes. I reckon the, uh, his ability to transition, get back. Um, he really worked hard to help out defence this year and, um, and, th- and this week especially and then found the footy on the way back. And geez, he resets hard forward and just gets back there before anyone else and ends up hitting the scoreboard. I reckon you're right. I, if I'd said, I thought he was a 50% decision maker. I reckon he's got to 75, 80% now, which is which is high, isn't it? I mean, that's starting to get better. And that's just by playing, I reckon. Hey, just very quickly, I was really, really pleased to see Pedler, rising star. I, I know it wasn't for that one game. It's been for his body of work for the season. He's, he's, he looks like something special going forward. Like Peds, um, I just think he's a sort of that modern day player. He actually runs quite well. His numbers are, are pretty good aerobically, but then he's got that that power of speed that you need in the game today. Um, can break out of packs and to win some contests that not many players in the comp can win, and then uh, bring brings his own teammates into the game. So, look, he's he's with me at the moment. He's mainly been a forward, but uh, he'll be in a lot more centre bounces as as the year goes on and and probably make his way into the midfield. But I, I still think he's a forward half player, so whether he's a full-time mid, but he's definitely that sort of Christian Petrarca type that, uh, mm. yeah, will have a lot of score involvements as he as he goes on. Bombers this week. Good luck, James. Good luck. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it.
James Riley there. And if you missed any of the show, you can catch up wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media by searching Sports Day SA. Malcolm Blight and David Willey. That's it for us, Malcolm. Yes, David. Yeah, interesting night with the boys from both oh. Port Adelaide and the Crows. Tennis. Yeah. We've covered cricket. We've yeah. covered footy. Unbelievable. But... Uh, Gee, isn't it nice to have both teams, though, it is, up and firing? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just better. Remember last year with the yeah. poor old Crows, the last yeah. couple of years, the coaches come on and, oh, Mickey Godden again, James Riley. But now they come on and they can see the enthusiasm. Well, they lost their first five last year, too. So it that is. So, I mean, it is. It's just better. It's just, just more enjoyable, isn't it, when both teams yeah. are up and running? Have a great night. See you tomorrow night between 6 and 7. Bye for now. Bye, David. Catch Sports Day SA live Monday to Thursday from 6pm on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA.